Aloha, friends. Uh, it's Sarcasm Speaks. It's Jared and Bob flying at you. <clears throat> it's maybe like the flying Hawaiian, Shane Victorino. Uh, <laughs> all the shitty puns aside, uh, this is our first episode actually recording in real time uh, after I got back from Hawaii. <clears throat> so, uh, funny story. I actually did, I didn't meet Shane Victorino's dad. But I saw him standing on the side of the road uh, holding a sign. Apparently, he is the mayor of Maui, and he was running for re-election. And he was standing on the side of the road holding a re-elect Victorino sign. And I didn't put it together until later when I saw a few other signs as we were driving that say Victorino. And I go, what are the odds that, like, that you know, Shane Victorino's from Hawaii you know, obviously a nickname, the flying Hawaiian. Um, if anyone doesn't know who that is, a former baseball player, uh, mostly known for playing for the Phillies, played for the Red Sox for a little while. Uh, so I look it up and it is indeed Shane Victorino's father. So I was like, well, that's really cool. Shane Victorino was from Maui, which is where I was. <clears throat> so cool little tidbit of information there. Um, yeah, so this is going to come out on Thursday. Again, we're finally back to a regular recording schedule. This is a Tuesday night for us. We uh, we haven't recorded in probably almost two weeks at this point. Um, there's been a lot of shit, I guess, that's going on. I don't really know. I haven't really paid attention to much because, you know, Hawaii's uh, literally a half a world away. Um, but did we talk about the Albert Pujols getting 700? Do you remember that? Uh, I don't think we did. Um, well, since we're opened up about Shane Victorino and his dad in baseball. I uh, might as well touch on that. Um, Albert Pujols, arguably one of the greatest right-handed hitters, if not the greatest right-handed hitter of all time, um, crushed. Well, he hit 700, I think, last week. And as it stands right now, he might be at 704, something like that. I want to say he got to 704. Yeah. So there's a couple games left. I think by the time this comes out on Thursday, there may only be one game left in the se- season. I think the season ends this Thursday or Friday. Um, but either way, uh, that's pretty fucking cool. And I saw, so he was the only person to, no, he's the second person ever. I don't know. To It was something about like, 700 home runs, 3,000 hits, and 2,000 RBIs. Something absurd like that. He's either the first or the second person ever to do that. <clears throat> so. Now, can we allow his history? Is his history okay? Like are the home runs that he hit in 2001, are those all right? Or no? <laughs> are those no good? I think those are okay. Well, why are his okay? Uh, because people Cause he don't was, hate he, him. He was a rookie in 2001, so his home runs count from 2001. Yeah, people don't hate him. He's not Barry Bonds. So the other home runs from 2001 don't count. Yeah, only Pujols. That's it. All right, just checking. And Jeter, because people like Jeter too. Yeah, I'll say since we're uh, <clears throat> since we're just erasing history in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. I mean, we talked about this before in an episode. Everyone shitting their pants over Aaron Judge 
getting a 61 home run. So like, oh, he's going to beat Roger Maris's record. It's like, dude, like we talked about this. Was it four people beat Roger Maris's record? Like, it's not impressive. Like, I don't really give a shit that Aaron Judge hit 61 home runs. First of all, he's at 61. He tied Roger Maris. He hasn't hit 62 yet. So he still hasn't even fucking beat him. And then the whole narrative is like, well, it's the AL record. The AL home run record is Roger Maris. And it's like, fuck off. I know exactly. Everyone knows what you're doing by do- by saying that too. It's like, you're just an ass, right? It's It's been beaten, like I said, multiple three, if not four times. Um, probably twice by the same guy, right? We didn't bond. I would imagine bonds probably did it twice. And then McGuire and Sosa probably both did it. What over 62? Yeah. So <clears throat> over 62 has been done six times. Okay. Twice in 98, twice in 99, once in 2001. I'm sorry. Twice in 2001. Sorry. It was two, two and two. Yeah. Sosa did it three times. McGuire, McGuire bonds. So, okay. Again, I think I've I think I've brought this up, but it was probably like a month ago at this point. Um, what happened in two thousand? Yeah, it used to fall. If we had six times they went over sixty-two in a three out of four years, in the other year they didn't even get over fifty. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just the steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had nothing to do with the ball. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, the ball's still juiced now. Yeah. Yeah. Like compared to double A, single A, whatever, the ball's juiced. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, still pretty cool, though, right? Um, Albert Pujos. I think so. The, the one thing I will say about that is now, you know, I've been known to be wrong a time or two in the past. Um, but I think Pujols is the last guy that we will see to hit over 700 home runs. I don't think, I mean, it's a big thing to say because 30, 30 years from now, there might be some stud that plays for 20 years that does it. But like, as things stand right now and in the relatively foreseeable future, I don't think anyone is ever going to get to 700 again because these guys don't hit, they don't hit 60, 70 home runs in a season anymore. Like for the past 15 years, it's been what the high 40s, low 50s are the guys that lead the league. I, I pay such little attention. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I, I don't even too. know what leads it now. Like, I feel like one year of 47 might have been like the lead. Yeah, like when you... we were growing up, 47 would have put you in like 15. Like fucking Chase Edmonds hit 47. <laughs> Not Chase. The, ru- uh, the running Jim... back for the Dolphins. Yeah, he did. He that's how that's how crazy it was back then. Chase Edmonds at the age of 17 uh hit hit 47 home runs. Oh, Jim Edmonds. Like he hit 47 in a year. You know what I mean? Like like I don't know. There's guys like Jim Tomey. I I combined them. Jim Tomey and uh and Jim Edmonds. So, but you know, like I don't know. Like it is what it is, I guess. But I I think Pujols is the last guy we'll ever see to get 700. I mean, I just don't watch enough baseball to dispute or agree with you either, though. I have no clue. 
Yeah. I mean, there's no, who's, who's the home run guy now judge. Okay. So this is the first time he's, this is what his seventh year, roughly probably in the league. And it's the first time he's gone over 60. So let's just say on average, let's give him an average of 55 over the first seven years, which is ridiculously high. That's not what he's at. No. Like that would put him at 385. Yeah. He's not there. He would need to double that over the next, you know what I mean? Like, let's see if I can find it really quick. Aaron judge his career stats. He has two nineteen. Yeah. How long has he been in the league? Seven seasons. Yeah. So 219 divided by seven, that's 31 home runs a year. 700 divided by 31. He would need to play for 23 years in order to get 700. At 16 more, he'd be 46 years old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And hit 31 home runs every single year. Or keep popping 60. Right. But it's it's not going to happen. I wonder who the active, well, outside of Pujols, I wonder who the active leader is. You know what I mean? Like probably Cabrera. Yeah, he's still playing. I think so. I think he's hurt right now. Yeah, let's see. Active home run leaders in the MLB. Good old baseballreference.com, huh? Yeah, wow, you were right. Miguel Cabrera. Um 507. So wow. This is uh this, this, this is it right here. Here's my argument. So Albert Pujols has played for 22 years. He's 42 years old, hits 704. <clears throat> Miguel, Miguel Cabrera is in his 20th year. He's 39. He's got 507. Nelson Cruz, believe it or not, is in his 18th year. He's 41 years old and he's got 459. The next closest guy in fourth place is Giancarlo Stanton, who's been in the league for 13 years. He's 32 years old, and he's got 377. Then after him is Mike Trout, who I is that's wild. He's been in the league for 12 years already, and he's 30 years old, 349. So he's not going to do it. He would need to play for another 12 years and do exactly what he did in the first 12 in the last 12 plus one because <laughs> he's got 349. So he would have to double, he would have to equal his home run total in the first 12 in the back 12, which everyone knows doesn't happen. Like as you get closer to 40, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to, you're not going to pop 50 home runs when you're 40 years old, 42 years old, unless you're Barry Bonds, but no one else, no one else can pull it off. Joey Votto is 38. He's got 342. Robinson Cano is 39 with 335. No, you need someone coming up that just hits 40 a year. Yeah. Bryce Harper is 29 years old. He's got 285. That's probably not enough. You know, like... No, because you need... You need like 250 in six seasons. Yeah. 
So 700 home runs, if you play for 20 years, that's an average of 35 home runs a season. You need to hit, again, theoretically, 35 home runs every year for 20 years in order to get there. It's not going to happen. Nope. And you got to come up young too. Yeah. You got to come up at 20. Yep. And you have to hit 35 as a 20 year old, as a rookie. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you come up your first year and hit 15, well, now you need a couple years where you're in the forties and fifties, if not 60, you know what I mean? To make up for that. So enjoy it, folks. Albert Pujols is the last 700 home run hitter. So unless they do something goofy with the ball again, they should, well, they should juice the balls again. Yeah. Then you might get it. Then, you know, someone like a Harper might get it. You know, he's only 29. Oh, they're going to look at it like, yeah, but Harper is going to have to go on a fucking tear. Like, oh yeah. He's going to need like back-to-back seasons of like 48. They're going to need, dude, it's like, they're going to need steroid error numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably going to look at it this year and they go, wow, look at all that publicity judge got. We should juice the balls again. Yeah, I hope so. So that's when baseball is fun. And dudes I, are fucking rocking it. Yeah, just... I don't think baseball is ever going to do it for me. No, I, I I would agree with you, yes. And it's like, I like I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely wondering if Aaron Judge was sitting on 72 with three games to go. Because what did Bonds hit, 73? Yeah. Would I give a shit? And I don't think I would. I don't think I would either. There's too many other, like, football is too big now. I mean, like, back then, football wasn't the behemoth that it is now. It's like the other night on uh, Monday Night Football, the preview on ESPN, the preview show, they were talking, and then they cut in with the screen of Aaron Judge's at-bat. And I'm sitting there like, I would rather watch the pre like the pregame show than Aaron Judge's at bat. That's like what I, I'm trying. I don't I'm trying care. to figure out if it, if it was for seventy four, would I care? And I don't know if I would. I would care more than sixty one. Oh, I definitely would care more than sixty one. That's why I'm using that as my comparison. Yeah, because <laughs> right now I could care less, and it actually pisses me off that baseball is just erasing what happened over a four year span. Yeah. And I think I think MLB is to blame. Whether you turned a blind eye or you actually promoted any of it, I don't know. But so I understand that obviously there's something to this, right? Like you have to play long enough to accrue the home runs. But just hear me out. In the top thirty guys that are the active home run leaders. One, two, four. Four out of the top 30 guys are under the age of 30. And when I, and that's as of right now, three of them, well, actually, all four of them are 29. (laughs) So as of next year, the top 30 active home run leaders will all be age 30 or older. 
which again, like I said, I understand, like, you're not going to be 23 years old and be, you know, a home run an all time home run leader, but like just even looking through the list from 30 to 50. So between 30 and 50, there's one, two, three, four, five guys under the age of 30. And four of them are 29. One of them is 28. Joey Gallo is 28. And oh, by the way, he's only got 176. Yeah. It's... So you know what I mean? Like it's it's not going to happen. <clears throat> I also don't think you get the pure power hitters like you used to. No. Definitely not. At least the ballparks are small. <laughs> the youngest guy on the list is Pete Alonzo, who's currently 65th overall. He's 27 years old, and he's got 146. And this is his fourth year. So he's averaging 36 and a half home runs a year. So if he can, he just has to do it for 20 years. He's got to do it for 20. So he's got to do it for 16 more years until he's, what is that? 43. He's got to play until he's 43 and maintain his average that he's at right now. I don't know. I don't think it can happen. I think it's done. So that's uh sarcasm speaks on baseball, I guess. <laughs> Yay for Albert Pujols, but whatever. Well, it would, whatever. it would be really cool if the Cardinals won the world series. That's it. Truthfully, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, but he got two. he got yeah. two rings. I'm <clears throat> good with yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, I did return from Hawaii, which is the greatest place in the world. Uh, and I know I haven't been to New Orleans yet, so this is a tentative, but... Does it smell like fucking hot garbage at noon? No, it, unfortunately, no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound that great of a place, then. <laughs> it is... Uh, holy fucking shit. It's the one place that like, I would say everyone has to go to. I mean, it's, you know, and I say that knowing that people are like fucking assholes about that. They're like, you, you have to go to the Grand Canyon. How can you never go to the Grand Canyon? It, I'm sure the Grand Canyon's really cool, but it's a fucking hole in the ground. Like when we get, like when we boil it down to the simplicity of it, it's a fucking hole in the ground, right? Like, I'm, like, like I said, I'm not knocking it. I'm sure it's fucking awesome. But at the end of the day, it's a fucking hole in the ground. And then people are like, what are some of the other things? Like, oh, oh, you, 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 you gotta go to London. You gotta, you gotta see Buckingham Palace. Like, you can't even fucking go in. Like it's it's a stupid old thing. Or London Bridge. Oh, you gotta see Big Ben. It's a fucking clock tower. It's dumb. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, London Bridge. Cool. I've been on a million bridges in my entire life. And like all that bullshit. People I'll like jump oh. off. I'll jump off the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, you you have to go. Like, oh, how can you how can you not go to Yellowstone National Park? Like, you 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 have to go. Again, I'm sure it's really fucking cool, but like I've been to the woods before. Hawaii is absolutely fucking unreal. Like, there's shit that you can do there that you literally can't do anywhere else. 
Uh, if you see one tropical island, you've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe because I've never been to any other tropical island. So maybe if I ever go to another one, I'll be like, ah, it's not that special. But it's it's just the one island of Maui is wild because it's not that big of an island, but the way like the landform is because there's two volcanoes on it and they're fucking huge that it's called the um the northeastern side is the windward side and then like the west and south is called the leeward side so the windward side is literally a fucking rainforest it's a tropical rainforest and the leeward side is a fucking desert like where we stayed like we were driving i was like this looks like colorado like when you get off in Denver and Amy said it looked like Arizona cause she's been there. It was like, cause that's where we stayed. And we were like, we were both like, this is not what I expected Hawaii to look like. Like what the fuck is going on? Like is global warming real? Like what the fuck is happening? And then we, you know, travel over the Island and we see the other side of it. And it's like, Holy shit, this is Hawaii. Like this is a, a fucking jungle, right? Um, there's all kinds of wild shit. We swam with fucking turtles. Dude, there was like a, a a three foot turtle, like six feet away from me. Was it sea turtle fucking season? Yeah, yeah, it is. Those it's always sea for turtles. Three hours. Yeah, I know. We saw a bunch of them on the beach. They look like giant rocks, but they're just a, a million fucking turtles. We saw dolphins. There was a dolphin pod that was just kind of like swimming around in the ocean, like no big deal. At the beach we were at, I got f- fucking tossed by a wave twice, like bad, like you read about, like pulled under. And like, whereas like the first time it happened, I was like, oh, fuck, am I going to drown right now? Uh, and then the second time it happened, I was like, well, that sucked. But at least, you know, I was prepared for it. Um, that was the f- first, second day. That was Sunday, I think, Monday. I don't know. I don't remember. Days don't make sense. But it was early in the trip. And I was like, well, that's a really shitty uh shitty beach experience that I almost fucking got pulled under. Well, that I did get pulled under twice and butt fucked by a wave, but um, the dolphins made it better. I guess the, the food is by far the best food I've ever had. Like there's no such thing as bad food there. Dude. All they eat is spam. That can't be right. Yeah. So funny story about that. I got the Masubi just because I was like, let me see what this bullshit what is fu- all about. What the fuck is that? So Masubi is sushi rice. You know what nigiri is? Now yep. it's like sushi rice with the fish on it. It's essentially yep. nigiri with spam. So you swap out fish for spam. Dude, it was fucking, it was really good. I was like, really why for that? Well, I saw it and I was I like, I could have made you that. I got to try it. Right. I was like, I got to try it just to see what it's all about. And it was. I could have bought delicious. the spam at a fucking corner store. <clears throat> yeah, it's whatever they glaze it in. There's some sort of like special glaze. I don't know. It was really fucking good, but the food was unbelievable. Like we we got off the plane on Saturday morning after flying fucking all night long, just delirious, and we go to like this first place we see in the fucking hood, like the hood of Maui, and the food, like the coffee. Dude, that's a whole other story that the best coffee there's there's no better coffee than the coffee in hawaii it is unrivaled like it was because they had they grow it right fucking there 
they grow it on the island and then they fucking do whatever they do. They roast it, grind it, make it like it's it's what it's nuts. I think before you make that statement, you should probably go to some third world country in Africa where they make the coffee. <laughs> yeah. And uh you should really compare if it's better there. Yeah, yeah. Let now, me go water, to uh, it, don't pay attention to the water cleanliness. That's not important. Yeah, we'll go to uh Bolivia or Ecuador, like all those where, where the other coffee comes from. Where's Sumatra? Sumatra blend. Yeah, that's in Africa, I think. Yeah. See, you gotta go to you gotta go to the rainforest. <laughs> yeah, the, the coffee you, is you gotta go to the you gotta go to the rainforest. <laughs> can't can't miss it. I was. I was in the rainforest part of uh of Maui. Oh, that's not the real rainforest. You gotta go to you gotta go to a war ridden place. Yeah, yeah. Where you there's fucking empty shells on the ground. Yeah, where it's like the three worst things to ever happen to it were war, famine, and African child. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck, what else do we do there? Um so the the the, the wild thing, because I'll get to the golf. Obviously, that's the crown jewel. Um, but the 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 hilarious thing about how at least Maui, where we were, is there's wild chickens just everywhere. There's just Literally, like you're driving down the fucking street, and a bunch of chickens just kind of like waddle into the fucking road. Do it's they nuts. eat chicken? I, I yeah, they do. They eat chicken. They eat more fish than chicken, but like I don't know if they eat the chickens that are like free ranging. Like you come out of the grocery. No, you don't store. want free range. Yeah, yeah. You, no, you don't. You don't. So I I know a guy who has chickens, <clears throat> and he actually said that like the free range chicken and like the eggs and stuff, it's actually worse for you because they fucking find their way into all types of shit they shouldn't be eating. True. People forget. Yeah, I could see that. So it's like you literally, like you walk out of the grocery store or you walk out of like literally any store and there could just be like six chickens just right there, right in front, just like running around like there's roosters cock-a-doodle doing like everywhere it's nuts that i thought that was that was pretty fucking hilarious um so they just like the sky rats of fucking hawaii yeah basically <laughs> they don't have turkeys they just have chickens yeah but the the turkeys don't bother like in like actual civilization or not True. really where did i see one Michaela and I saw one in some random ass spot, but like, where the fuck did we go? I've seen turkeys in like Mattapan before. Yeah, that's always like, that's always weird. Yeah. When they end up like city turkeys. Yes. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch out for those fuckers. <laughs> those, those fuckers are, those are some bad turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> you don't wanna fuck with a city turkey. I wouldn't turkey. mess with the city turkey. No, they've a seen some shit. A country club turkey, okay. He's probably yeah. pampered. Yeah. City turkey, they'll fucking shank you. Yeah, they don't give a shit. <laughs> um what else do we have? Like you said, the food, the food was nuts. The coffee was unbelievable. <clears throat> the uh the poke. You ever had poke? I know you've had sushi, but have you had poke? It's basically just a sushi bowl, which makes so much more sense than sushi because a roll like one roll of sushi right is like anywhere depending on what you're getting anywhere from eight to twenty dollars for a roll which you get six pieces between six and eight pieces depending on what it is and in one 
each individual slice, there's one piece of fish. On a poke bowl, it's a big fucking scoop of rice, and then they literally fill the bowl with fish. And then you get to like top it however you want, do all that shit. And it's it's nuts. And in so we have a Pokemoto here in North Attleboro. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite fucking spots. And it's 15 bucks for a poke bowl. So again, you get the rice, you get like a, a whole bowl filled with fish. You get to top it however you want. 15 bucks versus that could be like one sushi roll. So once you do that, you're like, why the fuck would I ever eat sushi ever again? It's just not cost effective. So in Hawaii, they give you more fish and it was eight bucks. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is insane. And it's all obviously fresh because it's a fucking island. It's what they do. <laughs> where, do they, uh, where do they ship it in from? <laughs> uh, I think they bring it from Alaska. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do they have a good Alaskan cod in Hawaii? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they bring in Maine lobsters. <laughs> fresh fresh Maine lobsters all the way to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> um, went to a luau. That was pretty cool. It was like an authentic like wow. Hawaiian luau where wow. they cook Hawa- the fucking... Hawaiian and lauau. Yeah, they, they literally cook the pig in an emu, which is like, it's like an underground fucking oven. So they literally just like, Oh, is that roll a uh, fuck ton of coals? No, the china box is that's above ground. Yeah. I've seen so they, I've seen the buried the buried box. They do the they just throw a bunch of coals in there. They put the pig on top of the coals and then they just literally bury it. They just yeah. pour a bunch of fucking dirt on it. Um that was really good. The pork from that was really good. Um had like a unbelievable smoke flavor to it. It was a lot of like, they gave us some like native Hawaiian stuff and then some other, it, it was five courses in the luau. It was nuts. I left there and was like, I think I might puke, but it was worth it. Um, that was most of the shit. We did some other stuff, but like, you know, not nothing like noteworthy outside of Kapalua Bay, the plantation course. My Lanta, that is by far the best course I've ever been to, ever played at, ever seen. <laughs> like, because I've I've been at the country club in Brookline. I've I take the plantation course over that. It was unfucking believable, and to be able to play it was nuts and actually played well. Like the, so the front, the front nine was a little sketchy. Um, I shot a 54 on the front and a 42 on the back, but it, it took me a little while to get used to the rental clubs. Um, but once I got used to them, I was fucking crushing them. Um, it's like the views, the views were, were fucking insane. Like every hole you're like, ah, this view is great. It, how could it get any better than this? And then you get on the next hole and you're like, oh my God, this is better than the last hole. And there was a few holes where I know you've mentioned this before. It's like the look back and yeah. like a few of those holes on the look back, I was like, holy shit. Like that's, that's unreal. 
Like there was, um, I forget what hole it was. Um, maybe nine. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a massive drop off. Um, it's like a little bit of a split fairway. And then yeah, the honestly, I don't, I don't know the course well at all. Um, I just know the it's fucking biggest fairways ever. Oh yeah, huge fairways. Like they're the they're the it's insane. Yeah, which I, I mean a resort one. a resort course is supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be <clears throat> unless it's like a unless it's like a a championship course because this is just a regular tour event. Resort courses are supposed to make the guests like enjoy golf. Like they're they're not supposed to kick them in the dick over and over. Right, which I very much did enjoy this round. Yeah. Um. Let me see. As I yeah, go, I, I don't know the course. I just know that they they hit some massive drive. It's either there or, or um. I don't think it's Wileye. Like I think Wileye is more of like a regular golf course, but I just think because they play the tournament champions, it's just bombs away. I think Bubba went driver driver into one of the par fives <laughs> there. Um. But generally, football's still on when they play the two Hawaii events, so I don't watch. Right. So it was uh, 16. I fucking yanked it left, and it was in the fairway. Like, I'm, t- I'm saying, like, it was it was a, in any other course, like, that's in the woods, that's a four left, that's a, that ball's gone, and it was in the fairway. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, send it. Yeah. So it was 17. 17 is the is the whole it's a massive downhill drop and then it's kind of like a a slight dog left into the green with some shit in in front of it. Is it a 4 or 5? It's a 4. But it's all downhill. So I fucking I nuked a driver and obviously downhill and it went 303 yards. I would say do you have a yardage on that? Yeah. Because Bryson, um, pro- I think Bryson tried to drive that green. It's this one. I know it's backwards for you, but yeah, um, Bryson might may have tried to drive that green like 400 yards. Or I believe it. Yeah. So I went. Uh, I hit driver 303, and then I hit nine iron uh, 148, and I was on the green. <laughs> Three yeah, so putt, I, three putt bogey. So if it played four, four forty for you because the angles, whatever. Yeah, it must have been playing like four twenty, four no, uh, like effective yardage, like four twenty. Yeah, because it's so downhill. Yeah, there was a couple of them that were like real downhill. Um, on 18, I mean, 18 is an absolutely beautiful hole. It's the tee box that's downhill to the left. The clubhouse is on the right. It's maybe it's, it's 18 then. It's well, 18 is the par five. Is it long? <clears throat> like, is it is there shit in front of it again? Um, a little bit. There's bunkers to the left, left side of the green over here. Uh, maybe that was it. Maybe that oh, that might have been the one bubble one driver driver. I, I again, I don't I don't watch that event enough to really know. Yeah. But yeah, they do some crazy shit out there because yeah, so I hit driver, I, I hit driver 290, and then I hit 
uh, a three wood, uh, like two ten, and I went in the left side bunker, the left green side bunker, and then I chipped on, and I think I two putted for par. The greens were tough. So that's the one thing I will say. The greens were really fucking hard. Oh, dude, they, what kind of grass were they? They also, yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, was it, but was it four oh nine? But they also punched the greens. Uh, Labor Day weekend, I think it was, and they hadn't fully recovered yet. Yeah. Like there was still some sand in some spots because again, the it's on the it's on the west side of the island, so it doesn't get a ton of rain. Um, I mean, it gets enough but it doesn't get, you know, a ton. So, you know, from Labor Day weekend to there, it was like three weeks roughly. So the the greens weren't, you know, they they weren't full, right? They weren't totally recovered. They were probably like maybe at about 80%. Like some of them were good. Others were not good. Most of them, like I said, had some sand in some areas and it was it was bumpy, but still fucking unbelievable course hands down like i said best course i've ever played um and even ever stepped foot on just absolutely beautiful there was one hit driver 247 on 15 like there's a there's a few holes where i almost drove the green on 14 which is an uphill short par four um it was playing like 230 and i landed i was not i was almost pin high not really but it was off in the rough on the left side of the green so i mean i was fucking i was bombing it around on some of the holes um those clubs are un, unreal i did take pictures of them um so I took pictures of the heads and the shafts on all of them. So we'll see when I go for uh, my fitting that I I tried to go to in fucking February, but I started a new job and I couldn't go. And then I haven't been able to go. So I'll uh, hopefully be able to set up a fitting with, uh, what's his name, Darren? Yeah, Darren's at Pine Oaks. I'll shoot him another email and be like, hey, what do you have open in the next month? <laughs> See if I can get there. Stuff. Yeah, he'll have stuff. Yeah. So you still, you still got a gift card, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I would say I did my I did my irons at Harmon for this this other one. Yeah. But truthfully, it wouldn't have mattered where I went because they just felt like entirely better. So like they literally just change the clubs like as you're there and just ha keep handing you clubs. So if you're going to do the, if you're going to do the fitting, like not an adjustment. Yeah. If you're going to do a fitting, like you'll hit yours, mm -hmm. grab some data and then he'll just start handing you shit. Hmm. And it's like, hit that. It's like, all right. And then he gives you all that info to take with you. And then whatever you end up with, that was like the best fit or whatever you liked best that you get all the specs for it. So whether that's, you know, all standard with, you know, these shafts, these heads, or there's adjustments, goes through all that. Yeah. And then could you buy them through them? 
You can. You'll get a quote on it. So. I mean, that's probably what they want, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I don't, I don't know how they're structured because I don't like normally, normally the way it goes is like whoever's selling the clubs gets like a little commission, but I don't think there's like much to make on commission. So it's like the shop is going to make the money, but the fitter might get the money for the fitting like right 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 um because you know you pay them for the session like i think that's where the fitter makes the money and then since they're connected to a shop yeah okay so the shop's gonna make money selling the clubs right but joe and lee's is it bad so like generally joe and lee's is usually like the price or it's like a little bit better um i just get a discount with Titleist, so. I ended up saving uh twenty six twenty six bucks a club. That's not bad. On seven clubs. That's like what, probably fifteen percent ish, roughly. I don't know. It's like a hundred and twenty bucks a club. Now we paid a buck, buck twenty four a club instead of a buck fifty. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I paid. I don't know. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean it's just under two hundred bucks. Yeah. And actually, by the time sales tax get factored in, it is two hundred bucks. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking sales tax bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that'll be good. I mean, hopefully we'll see. Maybe the maybe they'll pop, pull out something else that's better that I like better than the. Yeah, the I mean movies. honestly, it's it's it all, dude. Like seriously, it all depends. Because the funniest thing was, um, I know I like briefly talked about it, but you know, Taylor May got has got these clubs, and it's like wow, these go so far, and it's like Titleist has got these clubs, and it's like wow, these go so far. And I don't know if it's just because what I'm used to, but you know, I hit a forgiving Titleist club, which is perimeter weighted, so mm-hmm. the the weight surrounds like almost the whole club, yeah, on the outside. And then like some of the TaylorMade clubs, which I do like to look at, it's like I hit them and they felt so fucking bad because they are center weighted, so the weight's like low center, yeah, and. When I went back, I was talking to James and James was like, he goes, it's so funny. He goes, because every Titleist club I hit was so bad and he's in <laughs> and he's in TaylorMades. So, yeah, it it literally is how you deliver the club. Yeah, that's going to dictate what. Clubs are going to fit you best. And even just just to give a very, very brief example, if you're someone who swings into out with your path. Uh, I believe it's path. I don't think it's swing direction. So if you swing into out, you are going to benefit more from a thinner sold club. Now, I didn't learn this until like two weeks ago, listening to the Chasing Scratch. <laughs> the Chasing Scratch guys went to TPI and did a fitting. So like the guy said that. Right. It was, oh, you deliver the club into out, you'll benefit from a thinner sole. So that's like the extreme example of a thin sole is a blade. Right. Um, the 
Now, I deliver the club neutral, if not a little out to in. <clears throat> so I have a more forgiving head. It's a little bit wider sole. Now, the, the profile on a Titleist T300 isn't big, which is why I can stand it, as opposed to the Srixon ZX4, which looked massive to me. And I'm like, I can't fucking, I cannot hit these things. Yeah. I'm like, I can hit them, but I can't look at them. Yeah. <laughs> so it all depends. And that's the thing is like, so like you could be sitting here and going, well, I, I, how could you not hit the T200? Shouldn't those be like, quote unquote, harder to hit? It's like, I don't know. It depends on how you deliver the club. Right. Right. And, you know, your launch conditions could dictate whatever. And it's like, yeah. even though, yeah, okay. So my clubs are the most forgiving ones there are. But I'm also a pretty good iron player. So you know what? Riddle me that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me was the the stiff shaft on the driver. I thought felt so much better. So on the front nine, because I get the rental clubs, I'm trying to get you. I did go to the range for like 10, 15 minutes before, but the the starter actually let me go out early because it wasn't a, a busy day. Um so I was on the range for about five minutes and the starter came over and was like, Hey, would you want to go out at nine 35? My tea time was at 10 o'clock. And, um, luckily I, again, I had gotten there by, you know, eight 45. So he's like, Hey, do you want to go out at, at, at nine 35? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So he goes, take it he goes, take your time, take another five, 10 minutes on the range, come over, roll some putts, and then I'll throw you out with this other group. And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I didn't get as much time on the range as I would have originally hoped for. Um, but so again, with like the rental clubs, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't really like, I was a little tentative in the swing. Right. And once I got more comfortable and actually started fucking swinging the driver and making contact, it was flying. And I was like, huh? Okay. So apparently I just have to fucking swing hard. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't trying to swing hard with the driver and it just wasn't, it, it wasn't going well. And then as soon as I just said, fuck it, I'm just going to swing hard. It started just launching off the club face. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the stiff shaft. What was it? Like you TSR two driver. Um, I think so. Hold on. I'll was it a whole Titleist bag? Yes. So it was probably the TSR or it was either TSR2 or the TS2, I assume. TSI2. Oh, I'm sorry, TSI. So that's what yeah. I have. The yeah, TSR. The TSI2. The TS, TSR is the new one. Yeah. What was in it? A Tensei Blue? Um, yeah. Tensei uh, Orange? Mitsubishi AV65. Was it orange? Is there an orange band on it? No. Blue band? Maybe. I didn't get a picture of the band. I only took a picture of what it said on the shaft. <laughs> it says AV Series 65 Flex Stiff Mitsubishi. It is a Tensei, though. Yeah, so that the only... <laughs> so you either had an orange or a blue. I don't know which one, but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the orange... Because I have the blue, but it's a 55. I want to... You might have had a blue 65. I don't know, whatever, not important. But yeah, either way. So anytime you go with a stiffer flex, it's like you do have to hit the ball. Yeah. Like Chris's driver shaft is like a fucking 80 gram shaft. Like you have to fucking go at that thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a 55. Sorry. I was looking at the three wood. 
So it's All a fifty-five. Right. Okay, so that's a you you had a so you had the same the same setup I have now, blue fifty-five. Yeah, and then the three wood was a sixty-five, so that was probably also a blue. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean it's lighter, stiff, shaft. Yeah, it was just it's just weird that it was like oh I just have to swing harder, and then it works better. <laughs> it's just been counter than to my like normal experience with golf. Normally it's like when I swing harder, things go wrong. But with this particular driver, the harder I swung, the better the result. <clears throat> yep. Who knew? I also didn't realize I have a fucking goofy ass swing. It's very shallow. Maybe like my hands don't get very high. It's well, it's I swing it's like James. Flat. I look like James because I remember like playing with James, always looking at him being like, that's a weird swing. His hands are really low. Like he looks really, but he fucking crushes the ball. And then I, I've never videoed myself ever playing golf. And Amy like took a couple pictures and a couple videos and I actually saw my swing and I go, that's weird. That looks, that's not what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah. It's flat. It's so yeah, so it's considered flat. So like, yeah, in the backswing. Yeah, where's my, where's my camera? So it's like, in the backswing, if we, it's like that. Yeah, or more like that. Right. As you come into the ball. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's considered flat because shallow. So sh- if you're on the YouTube video, you, you can see this. <laughs> so if at address, your club is pointing up like that. Yeah. Shallow just means you come in under the line so you'd be like this that's shallow and then okay. steep steep would be over the yeah over yeah. the line um yeah so it's just like it's a flat flat shoulder plane in the takeaway yeah it's just weird i never knew that i did that i don't know if it's a good thing bad thing indifferent i mean everything's good and bad there's always a see this is the thing though so there's always a trade off and I don't look at video because I don't know what I'm looking for. And I always give a shit about what the result is. So if the ball did what I wanted it to do, right. Good. I don't need to, I don't care what it looks like. And actually I even got stuck in like a little bit of a data thing for like two years, like trying to, I was trying to play launch monitor, not golf. And it's like, (laughs) even though I could optimize on the launch monitor, I couldn't play with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <clears throat> I even told Gary, I was like, last time I saw him, I'm like, he's like, oh, like the attack angle. I go, you know what? The attack angle isn't that. I go, I go, also, if you want me to start trying to fix the attack angle, I can't fucking do it. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it is. I can't do it and yeah. play golf. I can fix the attack angle, but then I can't play. Right. Right. What's the benefit to having a low plane? What a flat, like a flat, yeah, plane. like a flat plane. I don't know. <laughs> this, is the, this is why I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <clears throat> could I argue that? Hmm. Maybe you want to fix it. I go, yeah, maybe, but it all depends on where you deliver the club. Right. Right. Because what what happens at impact is I I don't want to say it's only what matters because it's it could be affected by wh- how you get to impact. Right. 
but what happens at impact is the most important. So if the proper professional looked at you and was like, oh, this is super flat. So your path and swing direction are all fucked up compared to your face or the face is all fucked up compared to the whatever. It's like the face to path relationship. Right. Like they could look at it and go, okay, so you're doing X at impact. If you bring your hands higher back, that'll fix it at impact. Maybe like maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Or it's um, like, cause, cause that's, that's the, the, the thing is if you're going to change something, you got to know what the, the, the consequence is. Right. And for you, you only know what the, back frank frankly because you need you need something slow motion like you really only know what the backswing looks like right now yeah we don't know what happens at impact correct and we don't have you on the launch monitor so we don't know the data for what happens at impact so it's it's hard to say what is happening there um whether it's good bad indifferent probably doesn't matter yeah what happens at impact matters. So without that information, it's hard to make a call for not that I would even know, but yeah. Yeah. I certainly don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I had never even seen my swing until last week. Yeah. I, I swing videos are tough because like even, even Gary like tries to show me the video. I'm like, well, that's the thing. Like you said, like, I don't know what to look for. Like, why would I video my golf swing when I don't know what I'm looking at? Or it's like, he'll be like, oh, do you see this? I'm like, yeah, I see it. But what do you want yeah. me to do about it? Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, are we going to, are we addressing that or not addressing that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I go, then let me hit some more fucking ball. Like, like, let's, because I mean, with him, me and him are on like, almost like skill acquisition at this point anyway, but it's like I had him the other day. I'm like, I've been hitting it good. And then it's like, you know, I'm doing like the track man combine stuff, which is all just like skill drills, whatever. And he like shows, oh, do you see that? I'm like, yeah. Do you want me to fix it? Like, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going to press on that right now. I go, so what's next? Do you want me to hit more balls? Do you want me to? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't do video. I actually make fun of people who do video. Yeah. Out, and outs, outside of people who actually know what they're talking about or have direct instructions from a coach. Hey, do this. Right. And right. then they take a video to see if they're doing it. And that's fine. Golf to me, at least, isn't the type of sport where just because you play it a lot, you can coach it and diagnose videos, right? So like I always compare golf to weightlifting because it's what I did for years before this. And in weightlifting, like I was an okay, like I was decent. I was an okay weightlifter, but I was able to coach weightlifting and like look at videos and pinpoint like this is what you're doing wrong. Like you're starting your extent, your hip extension too soon, or your chest is too far over the bar, or you're too far behind the bar, or you know what I mean? Like I was able to look at videos and diagnose things like that. I can't do that for golf. Like I can't look at a golf swing and be like, 
oh, well, see, the angle of attack is this. No, I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. But if you show me someone doing a video of a snatch, I can be like, oh, yeah, like you need to, you know, hit your extension faster. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to shuffle your feet. You're not shuffling your feet when you come through at the top or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just... I can't do that for golf. So I look at it like, why would I bother? Why would I bother videoing myself and looking at videos when I don't know what to do about it? <laughs> and the other thing with golf is technique doesn't guarantee success. Right. That's true. That is very true. And people want it to. Yeah. But it doesn't. And it, yeah, it doesn't. Because, for example, if you put me 60 yards in the fairway and you tell me to hit a shot at the pin and I hit it to three feet, that's an exceptional shot. Right. And if I knock that three footer in, that's down in two, that might be a birdie, it might be a par save, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's down in two, it's an up, you know, like mark the score. Now, there's certain things that need to be addressed, but it's usually results-based or technique-based. And this is what like used to happen with some of the old school guys where it was like, I think it was Trevino one time. Like There was a joke where it's like, he goes, uh, talking to his caddy, he goes, what's the yardage? Caddy goes, uh, pitch and wedge. He goes, I didn't fucking ask you what club. He goes, I asked you the yardage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes, it's easy, it's just a pitching wedge. He goes, what is the fucking yardage? <laughs> it was 100. He tip, He then took every club out of his bag and hit it 100 yards to the green. He goes, he goes, you don't need to tell me what club. He goes, I asked you the yardage. He goes, I can hit any club 100 <laughs> yards. But like that's and, and that's what it comes down to is do you have the skills to do what you want to do? Now, right. technique can be a part of that, especially if it's like injurious in a way. Like sounds like Vinny, by the way. <laughs> he can hit any club a hundred yards. <laughs> no, he can't. He can. He can only <laughs> hit clubs full. Yeah. Whatever the max yardage is per club, yeah. that's all he hits. He'll hit a um, nine iron one forty, and then he'll hit a four iron one forty. He really roast that four iron. No, it's like pitching wedge, like 135 hits a nine iron over the green. It's like, all right, dude, try pitching wedge. Hits it over the green. It's like, how the <laughs> fuck did you do that? <laughs> oh, I'm going to lay this one up short of that bunker. Hits it right in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, like, that's with that's the hard part about the uninformed. Now, okay, so I, I could put up a video of myself just to see, like, oh, am I coming across the line, whatever. But it's like, no matter what we've done, I've been coming across the line. And I can't fucking do anything about it. Like, that's like, that's the thing is there's been no fix for it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've played some decent golf lately. So it's like, what am I going to like get hung up about? It's not a fucking technique thing. Yeah. Like it, it comes down to execution and practice generally. Right, right. I don't know. I just don't feel, and I, and I'm talking from like the recreational standpoint, like if you're trying to play on the PGA tour and you have technique flaws that don't yeah, allow you to hit exactly. the ball 300 yards, then yeah. Okay. So you have an issue. Right. But I'm just but, trying to go out and have fun. Yeah. It's like usually just try to get the ball. I'm just air. trying to break 90 on a consistent yeah. basis. And it's like a lot of that comes down to 
center of the club face contact and however it gets there doesn't matter yeah yeah that's true all right i got uh one more thing that i want to bitch about before we uh wrap things up here <clears throat> and it is so uh Michaela would probably agree with me on this one, but every single fucking plane in every airline sucks dick. There is no such thing as a good airline. I don't want I don't want to hear from the people. And I'm tried and true with JetBlue. That I, I didn't that rhymed. I didn't mean for it to rhyme, but like I have the JetBlue credit card. Like I I fly JetBlue almost exclusively whenever I can. I think they're okay, but they all suck. They, they're they all terrible at this point. I don't know if it was something to do with the pandemic or they can't get fucking workers. They can't get pilots, right? Like that's all, I, that is an actual thing. There's a pilot shortage, but the planes suck. Every single plane we went on had some sort of issue, some sort of delay. The flight from... Vegas to Hawaii, because we flew Boston to Vegas, Vegas to Hawaii. So the flight from Vegas to Hawaii, where it's Hawaiian Airlines. So we we did JetBlue with the on the Boston legs. So Boston to Vegas was JetBlue. Then it was Hawaiian Airlines to get to Hawaii. Hawaiian Airlines to leave Hawaii. We flew into Phoenix. And then it was JetBlue from Phoenix to home. So Anything that included Boston was JetBlue. Everything else was Hawaiian Airlines. So the Hawaiian Airlines plane in Vegas, we get loaded, right? It was already late. It was like 25 minutes behind schedule. It was delayed. Whatever. It happens. No big deal. We all get on the plane. Everyone gets loaded. The plane makes it all the way out to the tarmac. We are just sitting there for 20 minutes. Pilot gets on the loudspeaker. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's an issue with uh, the de defroster on the uh, fucking windshield, whatever. Uh, we're just trying to see if we can fix it. We don't know. We might have to go back to the gate. So another five, ten minutes goes by. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, turns out we can't fix it here. So we're going to turn around and go back to the gate. We're sitting. We were sitting on the fucking tarmac at... 1.30 in the morning, because that's when the flight was supposed to leave. And by like 2.15, we decide to turn around and go back to the gate. We sit there for probably about a half hour. And the maintenance guys come on. They're doing all the shit. They're doing whatever they can do. Pilot comes back on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good news. Everything is all set. Uh, we just have to wait a few minutes for the paperwork. Um, we got to sign some paperwork. We got to send it out. So, you know, hopefully we'll be off the ground in about 10, 15 minutes. 20 minutes goes by and the pilot goes, all right, we got the paperwork all set. Uh, let's let's get you guys to Hawaii. By now it's like fucking 3.30 in the morning. Um, and we finally get off the ground to get to Hawaii. It was like an hour and a fucking half that it took. We were sitting on the tarmac. We were, we were, because also at the Las Vegas airport at 1.30 in the morning, 1.45, whenever it was, we're the only plane. We're the only plane there. So we were just sitting there, not moving because they couldn't figure out the defroster. 
And then, of course, the pilot's like, yeah, you know, you, you might not think it's a big deal, but it's pretty cold up there, which turns out it actually is because they show the temperature. It's like minus 72 degrees, like at, at 30,000 feet. So I guess the defrost is probably pretty fucking important. But like, then we get to, we land in Honolulu and we have to get to Maui. And there was something, oh, they changed the gate. They changed the gate on us. So we, we, we had to haul ass because we were like, you know, we had like 10 minutes to get to the flight between when it landed in Honolulu because of the delay and where the flight that left to go to Maui. And so we're, we're basically running to the, to the gate and then they come on the loudspeaker, uh, attention passengers, uh, flight fucking whatever, uh, gate a nine to Maui has just moved to gate a 20. Like Jesus fuck. But at that point, luckily, like everyone on the plane was there. So we all had to kind of go together. So we didn't have to worry about like missing a flight or anything, but it's like, what the fuck people, what are we doing? And then there was another delay on one of the flights too. I forget what it was. I think it was, uh, the flight, the jet blue flight. Well, the original jet blue flight out of Boston got delayed like an hour. So we were supposed to leave at like six. I think we left at 7.30-ish. Um, then the JetBlue flight from Phoenix back this way got delayed. They snuck in a fucking layover on us. So when I booked the flight originally, I booked Phoenix to Boston. On like Tuesday, Wednesday, I get an email, whatever it was. Oh, your flight has changed, whatever. So we flew from Phoenix to JFK. Oh. And then JFK to Boston. What'd yeah. you get? Two hour fucking delay at JFK? Yeah, it was pretty fucking sick. So we like the the flight, the flight from Phoenix to JFK got delayed by like an hour and a half. But it was another one of those where like the flight got delayed like 20, 30 minutes. Then we all load on the plane and we just sit there and nothing happens. And they were like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we just had to do a couple last minute maintenance things for the plane or something like that. So then we get to JFK. Finally, we get, we get on the plane and we're about to get to Boston. Pilot comes on again. Ladies and gentlemen, we're uh, experiencing a little bit of an issue here. Uh, the auxiliary power um, stopped working. So what we need to do is we actually need to plug the plane in in order to start the engines. <laughs> So I'm like, what the? that's reassuring. The auxiliary power is not working, so they can't turn the engines on. They have to plug the plane in in order to turn the engines on. Okay, I didn't know planes were like electric lawnmowers, but apparently they are. So, or a snowblower. So they finally start the plane. We get up, we go, we land. It was literally across the board. Every single fucking flight we were on, there was a problem. So I don't want to hear it about this airline's good, that airline's fine. They all suck. Every single airline sucks dick. And there's no such thing as a good flight. And I don't know what happened, truthfully, because I've flown, maybe it is the just everything, the fallout from the pandemic, because I've flown quite a bit over the last, call it 10, 15 years, um, like at least probably two to three times a year for the last 10-ish years. And I've never had any issues. 
I've always sung the praises of JetBlue. Be like, God, oh, JetBlue's awesome. Because everyone hears the bullshit about United, right? Everyone shits all over United that it's terrible. Spirit, obviously, the joke is like, oh, you got to get out and push the plane on the tarmac and hop in to start the plane on Spirit. Like American is gets shit on too sometimes. American might be the best of all of them, but they're still not good. Like I've only, I probably haven't flown American that much. I think we might've taken American back from Charlotte or maybe that was Delta. <clears throat> Delta sucks too. They all suck, right? Like yeah, I think, I think the consensus is Southwest. Yeah, maybe. I've flown Southwest quite a bit too. They, they've, they seem to be okay, but they're, the, my beef with them is they don't assign seats. So it's literally by the time you check in. So like, because you have 24 hours before to check in. So if your flight is at 6.03 a.m., you have to be there 6.03 a.m. the day prior to check in. And then you get, you know, number 12. You're the number 12 person to board. Like that's how they do their check-ins. And it's just chaos trying to get on a Southwest plane. But it's like, what are we doing? All these and like like I was saying before, before I I got sidetracked, I've flown quite a bit over the years, and I've never had as many issues as I've had in the last two years, probably that I've flown. Because we went to, I I don't remember if we had any issues when we went to South Carolina. No, uh, but no. So Amy Savannah, and I went. Savannah. Well, yeah, Amy and I went to South Carolina oh. for, to Myrtle Beach. I think last year or the year before. Um. And then we didn't so have any issues. We, we had a about. we had a flight canceled for Charlotte, but I yeah. rescheduled it right away. Right, right, yeah. They fucked up. They they kind of fucked us with Charlotte. So it's like it's just dumb, right? All airlines suck. I'm sick of them. I they they all blow. They need to figure it the fuck out and go back to the way things were in 2015 when flights were awesome. I've I'd never had. I've like I said, I've never had as many issues as I've had in the last two years that I had in the 10 years prior. So fuck planes, fuck airlines. And on that note, let's wrap this up. You know what I think is a severely idiotic tactic for food? <laughs> what? Taking a burger and dipping it in anything. It doesn't matter what. It could be like the world's best condiment. It could be the world's worst condiment. could be whatever. could be aju. I'm I'm even talking like I, I've just seen it. I don't know what it is because there's just like food all over my Instagram, which is fine. Like I'm good with that. <laughs> but like literally like taking a burger and like dipping it into condiments, not just like an aju, like because obviously like that's like super liquidy. But like anything. Like literally anything, a honey must, whatever the fuck you can think of. Yeah. Why the fuck would you dip the fucking burger? Like, one, just put it on the burger. Like, what? Like, why? Like, st- like, yeah. Why would you like eat so inefficiently? <laughs> and then number two, it's fucking nasty because it's like all over the place now. And then it's like, oh, good. So I just made a burger even more messy somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took something that was already messy and made it messier. Made it, yeah, made it even more messy. It's like, yeah, yeah. Why? Like, what, what, what? Like, I just, I, I it's got to be the worst way to add a condiment to any type of food. It has to be. Yeah. Why the fuck would you 
dip a burger. Like that, that's just that's just retarded to me. I don't get it. No, that doesn't people make are, any sense. People are fucking inbreds. People are inbreds. People are fucking retarded. Which actually brings me to my final thought, which I will piggyback off of that. People being fucking retarded and why I hate people. Um, this trip, as amazing as it was, it, th- th- there's nothing bad about it. But what it did remind me or did show me was that people everywhere are retarded. Like, it's not just a thing around here. It's not just the South, right? People like to knock on the South. It's fucking everywhere. Like, people are fucking inbreds. So one of the things, because I I made a list on here, uh, one of the things is people that put their bags in sideways on an airplane. Everyone yeah, because no one else has to put their bags in. Right? Like that's it's it's common fucking sense. You have a bag that has to go in the overhead bin on the airplane. You put it in the long way. So you take up less space in the bin. So many fucking morons put their bags in the long way and it takes up all the space and then people don't have room for their bags. So they have to go four rows down, put their bags in the overhead and then try and go against the the people traffic to get back four rows up to their seat. Everyone stops. No one can move. People freaking out. It's like it would all be fixed if you just put your bags in like a regular fucking person, not like a moron. Just just put your bag in the long way. It's, It's fine. That's how it's supposed to go. They're made specifically to fit that way right? Like if it's the right one, if it's too big, it's supposed to be a check bag anyway. So if it's considered a carry on, it should be able to fit in the overhead bin. And if it doesn't, you're doing something wrong. So that's the first thing. The second thing, we went to a place called uh, Slappy Cakes in Maui. Delicious breakfast, by the way. Um, Amazing food. So we're sitting, Amy and I are sitting at breakfast. Uh, and there's, uh, wouldn't you know, uh, an old white lady, probably, you know, somewhere in her in her 60s, 70s. Um, she sits down with the table with a couple other people at a Slappy Cakes. Now, this is like a, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. It's like a, it's like a high quality, um. IHOP in a way. I don't, I'm, it's like a Bickford, but like a high quality Bickfords, right? So we know what that is because we have them. Like IHOP is too much of a chain because so Slappy Cakes isn't a chain, but it's a, it's a, it's a big place, right? So it's, it is kind of a little bit like a, like a Bickfords or IHOPy, but it's like way fucking nicer. So, but it's not like a, it's not like a specialty place, right? Like it's not, you don't walk in and go, oh, wow, like they must have crazy, crazy specials here. And the chef is making all kinds of wild concoctions. Nope, it's just a standard straight up breakfast place. Really good food, but very straightforward. So this this old white lady sits down and she starts asking the dumbest questions to the waitress. She goes, um, what do you guys have for uh, for specials? And the lady looks at her the waitress looks at her and on there's on the wall there's a big chalkboard that says uh, i think it was a it was a pork belly benedict 
just big words, pork belly Benedict. So the lady looks, she turns around and she points to the sign and she goes, we have a pork belly Benedict as a special today. And the lady goes, yeah, but do you do anything special? And the lady goes, the, the waitress goes, nope, whatever you see on the menu and that Benedict. So she orders something off the menu and they go around. And then I hear her go, do you have any, do you have any specialty coffees? And the waitress again looks at her and goes, nope, it's whatever we have on the menu. Um, we do offer a French press if you would like that coffee. And she goes, oh, well, is that a different kind of coffee? The waitress goes, uh, nope, it's the same coffee. Uh, it's just brewed differently. She's like, oh, well, you don't have any special coffee then, do you? No, ma'am, we don't. Oh, okay. Like, what a fucking idiot, right? Like I said, like, you're not in, like, when you walk into this place, it doesn't scream fancy. <laughs> it screams regular breakfast place, right? Like, for you to sit there and ask, do you have anything special? Do you have specialty coffees? Do you have, yeah, lady, look at the fucking, the specials menu that's written in chalk on the front. Like, do you have any specialty coffee? Does it say we have any on the menu? Like, this isn't like, we don't have like a secret menu. You don't have to knock three times on the table for like, you know what I mean? Like, what is this? Like, it's a fucking slappy cake. The name of the place is Slappy Cakes. Like, it's it's a fucking pancake breakfast spot. Ah, uh, yes. Would you like the rainbow tier coffee? Yeah. Ooh, that, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, actually, since you asked. What, what are the rainbow? What are the rainbow? What are the, the rainbow tears? The fucking tree. Like, yeah. what, what are the rainbow? It's like, oh, special coffee. Yeah, rainbow tear coffee. Yeah. Oh, what's that? It's got actual rainbow tear tears in it. Oh, I'll have that. I was just fucking spitting it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I left a this, little bit of this, soap in Yeah, th this one's special. <laughs> I left a little bit of soap in the cup, so it's extra bubbly. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck off. Do you have any? So that lady just was like, you're a fucking idiot. So, um, the next one, because again, there's more to this list. So this is on the flight flight back. So when we landed in Phoenix, it was probably, I think it was like right around like nine o'clock um, local time in Phoenix in the airport. So everything is fucking closed. So we, we walked around the airport. We had a little bit of time before the, the flight to JFK. And because that got delayed. And we find a Panera. The only fucking place that's open in this area is a Panera. So we go to the Panera and I walk up and I go, um, all right, can I get a, you know, a pick two with a sandwich and a fucking mac and cheese? And the guy looks at me and he goes, oh, I'm really sorry. The only sandwiches we have are these two and the flatbreads. Or it was like these two, the turkey and the flatbreads or something, whatever it was. And I was like, all right, no problem. I'll get that the spicy chicken sandwich and the mac and cheese. No big deal. Because it was like a spicy chicken sandwich, a regular chicken sandwich, like a turkey club. And then it was something else. They, they didn't have flatbreads, but it was something else. Um, and so I go, all right, no problem. I get the spicy chicken and the mac and cheese. Cool. No big deal. Boom. Thank you. It's Panera. Get my food. I just want to eat it. So we go sit down. Again, I mind you. It is about 9.15 p.m. in the Phoenix airport. The only place that's open is a Panera Bread. This lady walks up to the Panera Bread and goes, 
Yeah. Um, do you have, do you have any like special sandwiches available? And the guy, is this the same lady from the fucking slide? It's surprisingly not the same lady, but the guy gives the same spiel. We have these two chicken sandwiches. We have the Turkey club and we have whatever the fourth sandwich is. She goes, okay. Um, so does that mean I can't get a flatbread? Cause that, that's where the flatbread came in. She goes, Oh, so does that mean I can't get a flatbread? And he goes, no, ma'am, we just have the spicy chicken sandwich, the regular chicken sandwich, the Turkey club, and then the fucking whatever else she goes, oh, okay, well, I don't really know if I want any of those. And I'm just sitting there eating, being like, then, then get out of fucking line. line. Then get out of line. Then I don't know. Like, what do you, like, what do you want this guy to say? You know what? Let me go back into the kitchen and let me make you a special pizza. I'll, I'll make the flatbread just for you. No one else in this airport can have a flatbread, but because you asked, I'm going to go get you. Like, that's not how this shit works. The guy said, you can have these two chicken sandwiches, the turkey club or the whatever else. Oh, so does that mean I can't get the flatbread? Nope. That means we don't have it. So I, I don't even know what she fucking ordered. I stopped listening at that point. But like, how fucking retarded are these people? Like, how fucking stupid can you be at 930 at night at a Phoenix airport at a Panera Bread? You're asking for something fucking insane. Like, he just told you what they have available. And you're asking for something that he didn't say. (laughs) So, Do you have it, though? Yeah, yeah, but do you have it? Yeah, maybe if you ask again, I'll change my answer. So then the the last thing on here was... uh, fucking psycho lady this was on the flight from hawaii to um vegas i uh, know hawaii to to phoenix um this like old little asian lady was fucking nuts dude she gets on this plane and she starts like spraying everything with rubbing alcohol and wiping everything down with lysol wipes to the point where like it's burning the inside of my nose because they were sitting like one row up and to the left of us. And it's like, dude, you're burnt. You're burning my nose with this fucking alcohol smell. And she's got the mask on all this shit, whatever her husband, they're probably, you know, seventies, eighties. And they have a daughter that's with them and then a granddaughter. So they're all masked up, whatever, like wiping everything down. Oh my God, germs, 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 whatever. You're fucking annoying. Who cares? Then like the plane takes off and they all fucking take their masks off. And then she gets the old, the, the grandma climbs literally over her husband, like steps on the seat, like the, the armrests of the airplane seat and like climbs over to get down. Doesn't ask him to stand up and move out, whatever, literally just climbs over him like a fucking horse and she goes to the bathroom and I see her carrying like a plastic bag full of like the Lysol wipes and the, and the shit. She like went in to use the bathroom and like wiped it down before she used it. So then again, their masks are, they're off. So we go through the whole flight. They're just fucking being stupid the whole flight. And then the pilot comes on, goes, ladies and gentlemen, we're uh, starting our initial descent, you know, do, does the whole spiel. They put their masks back on. I'm like, you, you stupid fucks just spent six hours on this plane 
with no mask. Like the second we got to cruising altitude, you took your mask off. And now we're about to start the land and you put the mask back on. Like I said, we just spent six hours on this plane, on this fucking tin can in the sky. No, no, the air cycles. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people say. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, dude. Like people are so fucking stupid. So again, amazing time. But it 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 reaffirmed that people everywhere are fucking inbreds and they're all dumb. And I hate everybody. So there's no there's no getting away from it. There's dumb people everywhere. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, click the thumbs up, subscribe, like, rate, review. Uh, if you're an audio only guy, same thing. Uh, give us five stars on Apple and Spotify because you can do that now. Tell everybody you know about the show. Uh, keep spreading the word. Uh, you can get us on Instagram at Sarcasm Speaks Pod. We're on Twitter at Sarcasm underscore Speaks. Uh, the Facebook page is Sarcasm Speaks. The website sarcasmspeaks.com. Go to the go to the store, buy some merch. Uh, thank you to mybookie.com. You can use the promo code SarcasmPod when you sign up to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks at mybookie.com. You can use the same promo code SarcasmPod uh, when you purchase anything at grillyourassoff.com, uh, and you will save fifteen percent off your entire order every single time you check out. Again, promo code SarcasmPod at grillyourassoff.com. They have the best shit, the best fucking seasonings. They have great t-shirts, hats, uh, accoutrements, if you will. You know, they got spatulas and all that shit. Um, and they got condiments now. They got pickles and barbecue sauces. They're awesome. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Uh, use the promo code SarcasmPod for 15% off. Also, it's not too late if you want to join in to the weekly NFL Pick'em. Uh, reach out to us, however you want, on Instagram, Twitter, fucking Facebook, doesn't matter. We we see all the notifications. Uh, shoot us a message if you're interested in the weekly pick'em. And it is six bucks to get in for the week. Uh, the winner, it's winner take all. So you pick pick against the spread. Uh, there's, you know, however many games are there that week on Sunday and Monday. No Thursday night games. Uh, so that's that. Like I said, reach out to us. I just won. I won this week. That's fun. Um, so that paid. You want you win one week, it pays for the season, basically. So I'm uh, I'm all square for the year. So you're ahead because you were in that week one split too. Ah, uh, that's true. That is very true. So I am. I'm in the black. I've been. I I picked at sixty three percent this season, which is fucking unheard of. Uh, and I have bet none of it. And the ones that I have bet, I've lost. I my actual bets. I I sent this to to Ian Ian McMillan. Shout out to Ian Mac Betts uh, from the Bacon Bets podcast. Um, my pick'em, my pick'em picks. <laughs> that's fun to say. I uh, have hit at sixty three point three percent this year. My actual bets that I have placed actual money on every week, I have hit at forty <laughs> percent. So. Love that. If I had bet every single game that I picked in the pick'em, I would be crushing right now. Sounds like you're only betting your losses. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Essentially. Mathematically, that's impossible, but this isn't a math-based podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we don't do math. So again, it's not too late to get into the to the weekly pick'em over there. Let us know. 
Uh, so until next time, good night, everybody.